In Thessalonians chapter 2, and I hope that all of you believe what Peter wrote us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, about the importance of repetition. Because I'm about to share a verse with you again that you've heard many times from me, and it matches exactly what the men just heard in the back room and what we're going to be considering today from 2 Peter chapter 2. I want you to be able to remember this passage of Scripture and to fulfill what it says we ought to be doing. I want that 13th verse to start with. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Amen. We are bound. We are under obligation. We have a duty to give thanks always to God, not to ministers, to God who chose us to salvation from the beginning and brought about the means of sanctification, which is our regeneration, just using a different word here, and belief of the truth. God sent the truth to us, caused us to believe the truth, and thereby saved us in a great salvation that is in this context. Let me go over it again in four points. Verses 3 down through verse 8. Verses 3 through 8 is about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that it cannot come until there is a great apostasy or a falling away in truth, that many, many, would fall away to other forms of doctrine and to heresies. Before the Lord Jesus Christ can come back, two things had to take place. There had to be a great falling away, and then the man of sin had to be revealed. We understand with our fathers in the faith for 1,500 years that the man of sin is the popes of Rome. It is not some future head of the United Nations, of the United States of America, or England, or anywhere else. It's not Vladimir Putin. It's not Benito Mussolini. And all the other th- people that have, they have imagined to be the man of sin. It's a person that sits in the temple of God. None of those men have ever sat in the temple of God. The Pope sits in a church in Rome, Italy, and claims to be above God and to be, and to be worshiped like God. And they have for 1500 years. And so we understand these verses the way that our fathers in the faith have, although that knowledge has been basically taken away and stripped from the earth. But we hold to what we were taught. This is not difficult to figure out by knowing Daniel chapter 7, by knowing 1 Timothy 4, by knowing Revelation 12, 13, 17, and 18, 2 Thessalonians 2 is easy. If you need help on remembering what this is about, then get the little blue book that's in the library called Great Prophecies of the Bible and read section 4. It's only got four sections. It's an easy read. He's easier to read than me. So read that fourth section. That's what we understand about verses 3 through 8 is Roman Catholicism and its blinding doctrines because of the man of sin sitting on the throne of God, I mean, sitting on a throne in a church professing himself to be God and to be worshiped like God. But then verses 9 through 12 tell us that Satan is working with him with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. And because they reject the love of the truth, and Catholics reject the love of the truth in a thousand different ways, God sends them strong delusion in verse 11 to believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, 
but had pleasure in unrighteousness. These are some of the strongest words in the Bible. That God sends strong delusion for men to believe a lie, that they all might be damned. That's to be judged. That's the opposite of being saved. Verses 9 through 12. And then we have that inspired disjunctive, but. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. They didn't believe the truth. They rejected the truth. They would rather worship Mary than they would rather than worship God. They would rather call on Mary as their mediatrix rather than Jesus as their mediator. And on and on it goes. There's no priest in a New Testament church but the Lord Jesus Christ and each one of us. There is no class of priests between us and God. Their entire religion is blasphemous against the Lord Jesus Christ and against God. And there's strong delusion upon them. They have a magisterium to fall back on. They say, we believe the Bible. Show them something from the Bible, and they'll say the magisterium interprets it different than you. The magisterium is a word for their leadership, the popes, that have sat in judgment on Scripture. When the Bible says, call no man father on earth, every time they meet a priest, they call him father. They're blind. We would be there. Do you know how many of them there are on the earth today? 1.2 billion. Do you know how many there are of us? 1.2. 1.2. You're one and I'm point two. You know, or whatever we, you know what I mean. It's Lord. Are you with me today? Yeah. Daniel started this off right. I'm following it up with this passage. But we are bound to give thanks always. Now, how did God do this for us? He chose us to believe the truth. He chose us to be saved from the damning doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church. How did he do it? He regenerated us, and He sent the truth to us. Verse 14, Whereunto He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glorious position that we have in Christ, knowing the truth, in the true New Testament church, saved from Rome, saved from the man of sin, saved from the strong delusion, God sent the apostles to do that work. So that's three points of a four-point outline. The identification of the man of sin, verses 3 through 8. The deceitfulness of Satan himself and the strong delusion sent by God in verses 9 through 12. God choosing us to be saved from that abomination from the very beginning and sending the truth to us by apostolic preachers. So what should we do? Verse 15, therefore, we know what that word's there for, don't we? Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Whatever we have written and whatever we have preached to you, Paul says, stand fast, mean fastened in one place, don't move, and hold those traditions. And so whatever is apostolic, we hold it. And we're not going to move. And the, the, the main point, the crux of it is, and the crux that's going to relate to Second Peter 2 is that 13th verse, we are bound to give thanks always to God for saving us from such delusion that is in the context here of 2 Thessalonians 2. But that man of sin, so influential, the mother church, 1.2 billion strong, a whole host of Jesuits, priests, nuns, and so forth that have encompassed the earth to make proselytes of men, 
God sending strong delusion to cause those that rejected the truth? Have we ever rejected the truth in our lifetime? Yes, we have. But God's had mercy upon us because He chose us from the beginning to believe it. He sent preachers to do for the means of us hearing it. We ought to hold it fast. But we must always give thanks. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we bless Thee. We thank Thee. We rejoice and praise Thee, Heavenly Father, for saving us from the man of sin, from the great whore of Rome, from her harlot daughters, from the abominations, O Lord, that she is the mother of, from her spiritual fornication with the kings of the earth. We have been blessed We are not related to any government. We are not related to any denomination. We have never been part of her. We are not Protestants because we've never protested. Our fathers in the faith were always outside the pale of Rome, even when they lived in the shadow of Rome, in the valleys of Piedmont of northern Italy. We bless the Heavenly Father for their spilt blood, their lives that were given for the sake of the gospel and the more sure word of prophecy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for having loved us from the beginning and having chosen us to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. If you hadn't sanctified us and made us holy by the regenerating power of the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't have believed the truth. If we had been regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost and you hadn't sent the truth, we wouldn't have anything to believe. Heavenly Father, it's all of your grace. And we thank thee for it. We bless thee for it. Lord, communicate by Your Spirit to these people how thankful they ought to be. We are so blessed. They outnumber us so greatly. We are a very small remnant in the earth. And we've always been a very small remnant. Oh Lord, have mercy upon us this day that we will hold fast those traditions that have been taught to us in writing by the apostles and that we will not move from them no matter what. We thank Thee for Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sits in the temple of God at the right hand of God and is to be worshipped alongside God. We thank Thee for Him and His shed blood. We thank Thee that He is the only mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We thank You that He is soon to come and with the power of His voice and by the power of His coming, He'll cast the beast into the lake of fire. We thank Thee, Lord of glory, for sending Him to die for us. We thank Thee that He was straightened in Himself to go to Jerusalem and to die that death for us. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that He sits at Thy right hand and makes constant intercession for us, and that when we go into our confessional, it is to go into our closets at home and appeal to no man but the man Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that our prayers are addressed to Thee, Through thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, never to a saint, and especially never to Mary or anyone on earth. O Lord, we are so blessed. Bless us this day. Heavenly Father, we will stand by the metaphor of our fathers in the faith for 2,000 years that the wine and the bread that we pour and drink and break and eat is not the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, but a mere symbolic representation of Him for our faith to rest upon. Heavenly Father, bless us in this assembly. Be with thy servants in every place. 
that they might lift up their voices boldly and declare the truth of God without apology or compromise. Heavenly Father, free men from the shackles of denominationalism. Free them from the fear of men's faces and bless them to boldly proclaim the truth this day. We pray for our government that you will hold it back from its intentions, O Lord, that appears so evident to us to stifle out the Word of God in this country and the righteousness and morality that we once stood for as a nation, even by those that did not know Thee. They stood upon the Word of God in so many ways that even they didn't know. And we see it being ripped away. We know, Heavenly Father, that persecution could arise against us at some time in the not-too-distant future. We pray that You will give us wisdom and prudence that we will not do anything foolish like the Westboro Baptist Church in Topeka, Kansas. But neither will we shirk our duty, nor will we shrink from preaching Your Word as You show us the truth. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins. Bless our worship now to come up into Thy holy presence, even to Thy throne, that You might be pleased and blessed by us this day. We are thankful that You have chosen us loved us, called us, blessed us, caused us to believe your truth, put us in this body of believers that is truly the temple of the living God, and let us worship thee accordingly now with all thanksgiving for what you have done for us. We bless and praise thee in Jesus' name. Amen.